With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Greetings, people of Earth and anybody in any neighboring galaxy or planet who uh, understands baseball and appreciates baseball somehow, some way. Uh, welcome to the podcast. This is the California Penal League, the uh, Cleveland Indians slash rest of Major League Baseball podcast. Uh, we are, I guess, let me let me throw it this way. Uh, after I do an intro, I'm Steve. With me as always is Fabs and Chris. Uh your usual, your usual host on this program. Um, you might love us, you might hate us, but you're here. If you hate us, if you hate listen, uh, welcome. We we do welcome that as well. Uh, are we having fun yet, guys? On this yeah. season, like what yes. is going on? I I, right. I I will say this: we might have pegged it. I don't know if we would have pegged it to be twenty. As of this recording, Indians are twenty and fourteen, game and a half out of first place. It's May thirteenth. I don't know if I would have pegged it to be this good of a start, but I mean, we're looking at a team right now, despite having maybe questionably, arguably the worst offense in baseball. Yet it doesn't feel that way. Weirdly enough, and we get, we can get into that aspect of it, but you've got the best bullpen. You've got three frontline starters. You just keep pumping out young arms you're getting clutch hitting despite the offensive struggles. Uh, and you're kind of taking it to the division. Ah, this is a lot of fun. I don't, I, I we're eight, uh, eight and two in May. It, it's insane. Leading into this weekend series with the Mariners. Uh, as of this recording, we're watching the game ourselves. Indians are up for nothing. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah. So I want to get your guys um, just kind of just, Give me, give me the vibes that you guys have right now on this team. I'm, I'm excited. Like it's fun. It's just like, yeah, this is so much, so much more fun uh, than the last couple of seasons have been. Uh, I love seeing some of these young guys. Um, we have some guys that we're talking about uh, prior to recording in Triple A that might be coming up soon, um, and then just watching uh, Franmil and Jose do their thing watching this bullpen to come together and also just like sometimes pinching myself to remind myself, Hey, you know, it's a, we might not make the playoffs this year, uh, but it's super cool that, well, you know, like all these integral pieces are together for like four more seasons. Like this is like a really young team. Um, I know some of our core guys are, I mean, they're veterans in experience, but not in age. They're like 26, 27. Like that's like, and we control them for another three or four seasons. Um, so yeah, it's just like, I'm just so excited. It's a really refreshing, uh, a really refreshing season. And I just hope it keeps up to, to kind of like, 
I'm just glad it didn't, you know, go south super quick because it's a long time till football season starts and the Cavs are just abysmal on every, on every level. Uh, so this is, this is nice. I'm hoping we continue a fun summer to just watch these guys. And they're just a super likable group of team, a group of players. Yeah, we can only, we can only do the schedule game for the Browns so many times before we're like, okay, um, I'm done with <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Um, right. But no, Fabs and Steve, you guys both hit it out of the park. Um, it's a good young core. And despite having three, four glaring holes in the lineup that hopefully we can solve either uh, through call-ups or dare I say a trade, something to think about. Oh my God. I'm, I'm going really on going Atlanta, baby. We have 17,000 middle infielders. Not all of them can play on the diamond at once. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the front office to maybe explore some things if, if the opportunity arises. Mm-hmm. That said, we're on we're on a heater, baby, and it's fun. And you never leave a heater, as uh, we all learned in the Hangover. That's just good life advice, honestly, mm-hmm. too. Um, but all joking aside, this team is performing probably you know a little better than we even could have predicted, and uh, we were all very optimistic heading into the season. So it is very fun, very exciting. And without jumping too far ahead, you know, the schedule looks pretty good in May. So I don't wanna I don't wanna put the car before the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. compared to compared to what happened in April, you know, I'll I'll take it. And Chris, real quick, I just before we get too far off this topic, what's your general rule at like a, a blackjack table? for like when, when a heater is officially over. Mine is like after three hands in a row or if something devastating happens where it's like 20. Yeah, see, I'm a little more conservative. So it's probably like that, that once the dealer, you know, gets some crazy way to 21, I'm like, well, we had a good run. It was a good run. Bye. It's a, it's over. It was a good run. Then tip them and (laughs) tip them and head on. So, I'm more I'm more in the world of making yeah, obscene. Yeah, that's, that's more my style is, and is the sports that book that always hit. Uh, making obscene yeah. like <laughs> ten team parlay bets that nine of the ten teams hit. So I'm like tantalizing. You yeah. know, it's it's tantalizing throughout the day, and uh, uh, then you know, just pain. There was nothing better than. There was nothing better than being out there for the NCAA tournament and having like 34 <laughs> yeah. tickets to like, have to what sit scenario through. Do I need every now? game? Yes. Every game yes. was to like either, yeah, <laughs> it was either making yes. a parlay work or like des- decimating another one. Right. I was betting yeah. against myself in so many ways. <laughs> uh, you were talking about the playoffs, Fabs. Currently, Baseball Reference has them at a 52% odds. To make the playoffs currently, so two two okay. percent to win the World Series. There's a chance. So, hey, there is a chance. I I think there are underlying things about this team, and also just like in your face elements of this team that make me confident that they'll hang in there. They'll definitely. I know uh, you were saying too, Chris. You had mentioned Chris Antonetti was kind of doing some media rounds and he had mentioned that, you know, of course there will be mm-hmm. peaks and valleys with a team that is this young. 
and that's the case. That is true. Um, but you almost have to wonder, are they, are, is this like, is this the Valley because of how bad the offense is? Yeah. And they're still 20 and 14. You almost wonder, is that because, because the thing that really I think should make everyone confident and excited about the team is, as we've said a billion times on this podcast is it's the pitching. When you have Bieber, Aaron Savali, and Zach Plesak going, sometimes over all three of them in the same series, and then you've got a bullpen that is as shut down already as the one that we have, where you could also just plug in a guy like Nick Sandlin, who just like immediately becomes like a shutdown reliever the minute he steps on the, the field. And becomes like the sixth guy in that bullpen who can do that. That's pretty special. And mm-hmm. those guys are yeah. all absurdly young. And that gives me some pretty significant hope that they're going to be around all season. Because even if somebody, you know, is Karen Chat going to keep up this pace of striking out almost everybody? Probably not. But say he stumbles or God forbid somebody gets hurt. It's not, it's not like it's, it's not like everything's hinging on Classe, where it's like, Oh my God, I just hope somehow we get to him. It's pretty legit all the way through because this bullpen has been tested with the fourth and fifth stars being as uh, rough a situation as it has been. It really like hasn't been that easy for the bullpen recently. They've they've had to get into that bullpen like the fifth inning in a lot of games, and they've shown up and showed out. So that really excites me. The schedule you had talked about, Chris. As we said, they're starting the four gamer with the Mariners as of this recording. Um, they're in Seattle. They go to the Angels next week, which the Angels are of course already a dumpster fire of a team as they always are. Imagine that. Don't invest in pitching. We're like, Oh boy. You know, you're hinging everything on Sheho Shohei Otani who like has, I mean, God, I love him and I want him to be healthy so bad, but uh, what's his most games been. played in the season? And like one eighteen, no. maybe. That's okay. a good question. Yeah. Fabs get on that. <laughs> uh, stat boy. Um, and I well, mean, and they did that Rendon deal. I mean, like I love Rendon, but like they yeah, gotten right, good just starters. more offense. Yes, yeah, it's they gave crazy. him a pretty fat deal too, like eight years too. They gave right? him a pretty good deal. So, okay, um, oh Chris, you were a little high. Okay, it's one oh six in twenty nineteen. Yeah, and then twenty twenty was forty four. Oh, that was the shortened season, duh. Uh, twenty eighteen was one oh four. So. I mean. You know, we'll see. He's already had some close shaves this year. I just, I really want him to stay healthy. I mean, he's putting up insane numbers on both sides. So I'm hoping that he stays healthy. But again, same thing with like Mike Trout. It's like, even if you have Mike Trout and Sheho Otani, you still have like 20 other spots that, you know, you have to fill here. You know what keeps him healthy? Investing in pitching. And then he doesn't have to be one of your pitchers. He can just play DH and like, and just like crush, yeah, or or yeah, like, like I, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. It's just or like, it would be a more fun experiment if you weren't like yeah. pinning everything on him to be like, boy, I yeah, hope you yes, stay healthy because like, you're the only thing and like your second best hitter. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
You're literally going to help us. Like, yeah, you're holding our season together, buddy. So thanks. And in the off season, he like goes and like works on a farm in like Iowa. <laughs> He's just like I gotta get away from this. Yeah, or, or goes. Yeah, he goes and like works at like a car dealership, yeah, like, like players yeah, like used to do. Day, like, you know, <laughs> like it's a yeah, right. It makes no sense. So the they uh, they're in L.A. and then let's see. Then the so here's where it gets really fun is then they come back home for the twins who are Tied now in the, the bottom Tiger. of the AL Central. It. So they're teetering. Ten games out. I love it. Yeah. And then the Tigers, yes, unbelievable. I mean, I think it's almost fair to say that the twin season is over. I I would almost I'm almost ready to we should start doing this, actually. We should oh, st- we yes. should start making a list of like RIP I'm down. to like teams. Let's I'm almost I'm almost yeah, ready yeah, to I was do gonna it. Say, let's uh, let's let's get Let like get all these teams and okay. then like a one to ten so scale of yeah, where they're going. at where you know, death or the doorstep of we'll do, or, yeah we'll do like an you know, know. Steve you, you brought up something that I it, it brought up a thought to me with as poorly as the offense is performing and there's guys that are struggling still too that we know are good uh, Eddie Rosario uh, Cesar Hernandez being like the two big ones that come to mind just knowing that those guys are playing so far underneath their career averages mm-hmm. and knowing that you know once they get on you know once they get hot and get on a streak here they can both carry the offense for a week and you know their numbers are going to start looking more like what we're accustomed to that excites me too yeah yeah no i i completely well, even jose that's, that's yeah yeah even Jose Ramirez is only hitting two fifty, and so he's he also leading the league in home runs, home runs now, which is recording. unbelievable. I mean, that's fantastic. Trust me, he's like he's got AL MVP written all over him again. But I, I believe even the underlying, you know, advanced stats show that he's been more unlucky uh, than than usual, and that's yeah. And he's even prone to like the slower starts. And he's not off the one this year, but so there, there's even that room for him as well. He's even playing, believe it or yeah. not, under his typical uh, capabilities. And then Naylor has really, honestly, helped solidify that bottom third of the order. He's, uh, you know, re- really, um, I think, shown that he is the kind of hitter that we were hoping that he would be, and that he just knows how to get on base. And it's not like he's trying to do anything outside of his you know, capabilities. It's like, I'd like to see just, them just get on base. first. That, that, that's what we're trying to do I'm, here. I'm, I, I don't, I, I think we've, I think we're, we've made it abundantly clear that we're ready for the Jake Bowers experiment to be over. He is over the Mendoza line. So we got to sell high on that. Um, yeah, there, there is a market, which there isn't. Let me ask you this. Do you think, yeah, I, I think, I know we have talked about Bowers, but I'm almost wondering there's a prospect, our, our prospect to, of the week mm-hmm. is involved in this conversation. I wonder when they start to think about sending. Yeah, that's out. another guy where he's because kind of struggling, you know. He, he is having a rough um, go of it. Yeah. And, and there's only so long 
that you can, you know, let him try to play it out when he's hitting like 170. It's like good defense at short really can only go so far. And he is playing good defense. But do you, how long do you let a guy hitting 170 like exist in the order who's like not yeah. a catcher? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I've started to wonder that myself in the last like week or so. It's like, you know, he, it's not like he has this well, like carte blanche. And, and there's, there's that's the nice thing with, this, <laughs> so. with the way that the roster is currently constructed uh, between even Columbus and uh, Cleveland where, you know, you send him down, you could theoretically bring up, you know, an infielder or another outfielder and move Ahmed Rosario back onto the, you know, infield. So yeah. they, they got yeah, I was thinking that myself. Um, you know, yeah. I would play the hot hand, uh, whomever it is yep. in Columbus. Um, I know you got one guy in mind for that you, you'll highlight and uh, talk yep. on a little bit later, but no, I agree hundred percent. You know, I, I think that there's little tweaks to the roster that can be made that again, I understand why they're doing it. It's super annoying that Jake Bauer still seems to find his name in the starting lineup three to four nights a week when he's literally hitting two Oh three. And I was like four RBIs. Well, if anything, though, it gives it's the, you know, it's the full chance. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't have been getting it if Yu Chang had been hitting. But you're looking at a roster between those three those three guys. You've got Bowers, Chang, and Jimenez. Those are three spots on the roster that oh, are all going to be in flux here because, and, and there are a number of options in the minors that they can go to, like you said, to try and fix this a little bit. Because as the season has gone on, I think it's very clear that those are probably the three most expendable sort of guys on the roster who like are getting significant chance. Like, like you said, if Bowers is starting to get quite a bit of playing time because there's no one else. And it's, it's, it's going to come to a point where it's like, you know, I I, lo- I like the guy. Like, I think he gets along with the players and stuff, and it seems like he, he's feeling that yep, that vibe of, like, the young core. But... I mean, I and mean, he's the only guy that we hit. would potentially so, lose if you demote him. Because he would be DFA'd because he's out of options. Right. And I'm I mean, not sure Jimenez and Chang, they still have options. So, he's got at least one, I thought. Chang might yeah, and and Jimenez absolutely does because he's only like twenty three. So yeah, you know, and he's only had like one season. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I it's mean, middle of May, and he's at one seventy. I think they kind of whatever. owe it so to the team. Yeah, I think to bring up some of these guys to try to solidify the lineup. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think yeah. I think they're trying to. They're they're still playing that 100%, service game, hundred percent service time game. Where it's like, dude, we're we've been no hit twice. <laughs> we've been no hit twice, and it's not even mid-May. Uh, we have the second best record in the American League, or we're tied for the second best record ish in the American League. All you've mentioned three or four guys who are all hitting below career average. 
and yet we're still competing night in, night out, finding ways to win, and we're not always relying on the same method to win. It's not always a nail-biting two-to-one game, one-to-nothing. Um, we're winning games like six-to-two, seven-to-three. We're coming back after the sixth inning. Like We're finding all these creative ways to win, which is also another great sign for like longevity. Like the team isn't just like, oh, we're only hitting yeah. home runs. That's our only way. And then you go through that month long slump where you hit like five home runs, 10 home runs as a team. Right. And it's like, oh, well, we just lost eight games uh, in uh, the division against the White Sox. Well, the season's over. That Royal Series was what really turned mm-hmm. it around. Oh, I think yeah. what really sort of started to make me think differently about this team a little bit. Yeah. You know, we, had, we haven't even really talked about that series yet uh, on the pod. So, to come back from to sweep a four game series at all is incredible. I know beforehand mm-hmm. we were like, Hey, we're looking for a split like you always do. But to, in those first three games to come back from behind the way that they did in the later innings, that's a lot of heart. That's a lot of resiliency. Like, I don't even know if that's a word. Yeah, resiliency. Yeah. So yeah, we'll making up words here, baby. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a hyper, it's, it's the hyper version of, you know, resilience. So um, I think that was really where, and I think even the team kind of fed off of that, where that has propelled them into the eight and two record in May as of right now. And I mean, that's, that's exciting, man. I don't know how you don't see that Royal series as, as a even casual fan or just like, since that series, the Royals have not won a game. Like we, there we kind of took them out back and yikes beat them up and demoralized them we just broke yeah we banged them like we just took them over our knee and just broke their back i mean like, we, we might have ended the royal season with that yeah. sweep it's incredible and <laughs> like, it's well, strange the but the indians is like for what you want it to happen you want it to be a, a, a like a two-team race if you're the indians for that division like the fact that the twins, they're the twins. If the Indians win this game tonight, they're nine games ahead of the twins. Nine games ahead of the twins. They're five games up on wow. the Royals. The Royals look to be fading. The Tigers are nine games back also. So then you can realistically say, okay, it's between you and the White Sox. And then if you also are playing the wild card game, I know it's super early, but you can't really realistically think Toronto's going to stick around. Tampa's been super underwhelming. The Yankees are like, some days and also catching COVID so then you for like at, the third time. Right. They're catching COVID like crazy. And then out West, you know, Houston's doing okay. And then nobody else in the West is like doing anything. And so it's like, okay, cool. They're like right in the thick right now. They would, they own the, the number one wildcard spot. I know again, it is May 13th. Um, but those are the things you want to start to look at over the course of the season where it's like, okay, where are the other teams that we're going to be like, have to worry about later in the mm-hmm. year? Where are they stacking up? Are we, are we, our offense is underperforming so much, but we're still like gaining games every day on these teams. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where you just want to take a couple, you know, every, every, every week, every other week. And that's, and it couldn't have started out better for the division too, for the Indians, because they, they've already shown they can, they can go, uh, uh, toe to toe with the White Sox. We were even on the series with them. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, we're getting all of our wins against the Tigers and the Royals and the Twins. Like we've, been playing legitimate teams this whole season. So it's, it's great. I'm glad the twins are nine games or eight and a half games behind us right now. That's, that's awesome. We don't need to worry about their ass unless they get, they, they get hot. It's early. 
They could, they, but they're old. But I don't see that happening. Quite I, I just frankly, don't. I think they sacrificed a lot of pitching in the off season. Actually, over the last two off seasons, I thought they've kind of their staff has slowly crumbled away. Yeah, I, I'm actually I, I'm not quite sure what Super, Rios's like, numbers are this year. Like, I mean, they're above average, average, but he's not lighting the world on fire. Yeah, so he's you know he's got about a three forty nine ERA. You know, 10 strikeouts per nine innings, three walks. So, like, yeah, a very, very good, serviceable. But honestly, even here in Cleveland. Pitcher, but. Second, third pitcher in the rotation. He's their ace. He'd be our third. He'd be. Yeah. Would you put him? I mean, he'd be our fourth starter. Yeah. I mean, because I would might put be a little biased. Sure, but I, I mean, yeah. And when Plesak's done, you know, the last four or five starts, I definitely, yeah. So, and I know Kenta Maeda's had some well, again, he played out, he pitched year. out of his mind. Yeah, he pitched out of his mind year. coming over. In a short In a season, short season yeah. too. I mean. Right. So, I'm kind of going through sort of the, the series here uh, that we haven't had a chance to talk about. Obviously the Ohio cup, we are going to have to uh, TBD on who will be retaining that. Um, it just gives us more time to front. talk about that beautiful trophy. I mean, thank God. Thank God we get to preview the Ohio cup more <laughs> uh, all the way till August. Every episode. The, the, the cup series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just like leading up to it, baby. Uh, the Cubs, the two gamer with the Cubs really, is another, Dude. I think, yeah. nice yes. sign of this team because, you know, I, and again, I, I'll have to find the stats, but like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes baseball is just as like this funky thing where it's like, oh yeah, can you get the clutch hit? It's like, you know, maybe you, maybe you do have a garbage, garbage day at the plate like they did on Wednesday afternoon. You s- and... You, you you scratch out one run on two doubles in the, like the fifth inning or sixth inning and and your bullpen keeps you in it you're tied one to one you still have to get a two out hit in the bottom of the tenth and and Ahmed Rosario comes through and gets the two RBIs on the day and it, it's one of those things where it's like yeah the metrics like at face value are pretty gross but it's this ability to be in every game. And, you know, Cesar hits the two-run homer the night before. Ahmed Rosario gets the two RBIs the, the next day. Ramirez and Franmil are both have a, both homered in this game tonight against the Mariners. Uh, the team currently has the fourth-fewest strikeouts in all of baseball as well. Uh, the only team in the AL with fewer strikeouts than them are the Astros. So there's that element of it as well as that, you know, they're not their on-base percentage is nasty and the average is nasty, but this offense to me just has that different look than it has in the last like two to three seasons, where even when that offense is struggling, I don't get this sense that they're out of it because they're in every at bat, they're putting good wood on the ball, and that's how you're seeing good things happen. And also they've been unlucky to this point from like a, a advanced stats angle. So it's starting to even out a little bit on that front. It's, it's, it's a good thing. You know, I, I think you're seeing like 
in other years, and even like some of these past few years where they were making the playoffs, these aren't these aren't like kind of the games they were winning recently. And it's just kind of, maybe it's that you know it's that infusion of different talent that with, with with this with this emphasis on because this is the lowest co- collective league batting average since 1968. It's like 234. So every team is now trying to change the way that they approach hitting. And it's going to be the way the Indians have already started, which is guys who hit for average, get on base, make something happen. And they've already kind of like jump-started that process. So that is exciting, despite maybe the early... Certainly, certainly. Even just going back to that Cubs series, I mean, the pitching both days was phenomenal. Bieber didn't have his best stuff. Tuesday night, but they battled, like you said, and there it was that clutch hitting. So between yeah. that series and the the Royal series, there's a lot to be optimistic about. Even even the Reds, you know, I know, I know the Ohio Cup. We're going to be waiting on bated breath to find out who wins that until August. But there were things that that series, you know, of course. The elephant in the room is we got no hit by Wade Miley. I mean, Wade Miley, <laughs> good guy, yeah, nice guy. Like exactly. How is he exactly. getting a no hitter? So like, the, like we've been yeah. no hit twice. They bounce back. We don't. I, I I forgot until we like, go get the show. In both times, we rebounded. Also, both. I, I kind of want to happen. I, I like your stat. Chris. I want it to happen a third time, and I, and I want to win a World Series, and it had this crazy historical stat. I want one to get no, no hitter hit every we month. Have to have a, I want one hit no hitter every month. And I want to get no hit in well, the World Series. We have to make sure that Savali's <laughs> pitching the next night because he's 2-0 and so far in those games after. That's the best. Like That's the best record I've ever heard in my life. Like, I wonder if, I would love to know, I'm sure it's out there, like the career stats of pitchers who have pitched after their team's been no hit. It's got to be like so few, but has anybody ever pitched at more than I don't know. like I mean, two? What's the, what's like the record Sabali? for being no hit in a like season? Next, Probably got to be can't... two or three. Okay, it's two. Okay, we tied the record. Yeah, like the nineteen seventeen. Well, the Dodgers were no hit twice White a couple Sox years ago, it so it's like it Warriors. happens. You know, wait, the White Sox when, when they, they won, won it when they won the cheated right? Series, they were no hit. That was the White oh, okay. Sox. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Well, that wasn't no, the no, last I was going to say, okay, you're off. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, it is true. You know, it's, it, it yeah. ultimately only is one loss. It's not like it counts for a week's worth of losses. So the ability to kind of have that mentality to get no hit on what seems to be a regular basis and still come back the next day and just like wipe it from your, your mind. It's like, that's, that's this, too, having, a, having a manager like Terry Francona, who, who, Again, you know, we've kind of used this cliche one game at a time um, before. And I know people probably roll their eyes when they hear him say it. And I can only imagine them hearing other people say it, that they're probably vomiting and driving off cliffs because they don't want to hear it anymore. But next Mm -hmm. man up, you know, one game at a time, basically, yeah, you know, we play who's on the schedule, all of that. Yeah. Taking care of that day's business truly is the right mindset over 162. 
you know those like AP writers when he's saying that stuff are like using their like laptops to cover their boners because <laughs> they are just all they're all <laughs> coach speak. We I will say yeah, it was always about getting like you just needed like the quote that would like pull the whole piece together, and you get something like that. That you know you just needed like him to say one thing where you're like sweet, got it, got my quote for the for the gamer, I'm good. So yeah, no, I, I, I did get a lot of boners from when he would say something like that. Uh, I, I've always like thought about, I was thinking a lot about this over the off season. It's just kind of like thinking about Terry Francona's place in the organization. Now it's like a lot of people were probably like, what's driving him to keep going? Because he's had obviously his health issues, but it's the lowest payroll in baseball and it's the youngest roster in baseball. And I think you're kind of seeing it is like, I think he might see, I was wondering when he might hang it up, but I have a feeling he might like see this next certainly run through. Yeah. Because it's like, you can see the, he might, I, I, I don't know if this is the case, but like, if I were him, he almost has to feel like rejuvenated a little bit, with like the infusion of youth and talent coming up. It's like people just, I think the thing is like, people just don't understand how good the Indians are are developing talent to be able to literally do what they're doing right now, which is rebuild on the fly. Like when you play the Mariners this weekend, think about that. Where, where are the Mariners right now? And where have they been for like 20 years, 15, 20 years? Yeah. The same spot over and over. Occasionally. Over and over. And yeah, they have a lot of talent right now. Or yeah, it just, it's insane. Well, that, Yeah. That's a that's a great point about Robinson Cano. It's like they people will literally like stone Paul Dolan in the parking lot if they see him. But imagine if the Indians had signed Robinson Cano to that like two hundred eighty million dollar deal or whatever he had. The Mariners were absolute trash that entire time he was on that. Well, team. And, and Chris put in the it notes, would have been the same. A great another great example of what just happened this last week with Pujols. Yeah, throw some of those stats out there, Chris. Just looking at, like, when, so when he was cut, obviously we were all, I think, a little taken aback. But um, looking at his age 21 to 32 seasons, he just killed it. And that's all of his seasons in St. Louis and then the first one in L.A. He had almost 500 home runs, over 500 doubles, hit 325. Slugging percentage over 600. I mean, 20 over 2,200 hits. And then over the next eight years, barely has a thousand hits, not even 200 home runs. RBI are a third of what he had. His average plummets down to 251. Slugs 437. These 10-year deals really don't work out. Um, and again, now I'm looking at Pujols's, you know, totals from age 21 to 32 and then 33 to 41 now. And yeah, once you get, you know, 90% probably of all athletes, once you hit that age 32, 33 season, you just aren't the same. Especially when he was probably like 34, yeah. actually. Like, 
There is a there is a yeah. question. He could be like yeah. forty six. Like there, so, like, there is that. Mm, said, like they don't believe yeah. that he's forty one at all. Yeah, nobody believes that he's forty one. So that makes so, it even crazier. If, if that's the case, then it's very yeah. impressive. It, yeah, yeah. He's still super impressive with what he's done. But then you're talking about doing a ten year deal when he's age thirty three and you get thirty four. You get a good year or two like, out of like him. what? And that's what the Angels got <laughs> yeah. was a good year or two. Please. Well, do you sign him if you're the Indians? He is officially a free agent. Would you would you take the flyer? Was it you, Steve, who put in the notes that you wouldn't want to rock the boat with the chemistry? Okay, I was saying I'm not even concerned about that because Pujols is not a bad dude. It's not like you're bringing in John Rocker into the clubhouse. Right. Like, he's a good true. dude. That is true. My big thing is yeah. right. if you're gonna give Jake Bowers at bats, like that's the only reason I would entertain this is because he's gotta be better than Jake Bowers. I mean, he just has to be. Like That's very fair, yes. Yeah. Even if he hit two fifty. I mean, if he hit two forty yeah. and had some pop. How it's not I've a bad seen idea. rumors that he's okay. the Red Sox are interested because of what's there. My point That's fine. The, the Red Sox have no pitching. So by July they can hit you know, they can they can lose nine I don't to know, eight. Steve, it might be one like, of those years where they just like have the most runs by like the probably I'm I'm sure it is. I'm I'm sure that it's going to be that that typical Red Sox cycle where every three years it's like, you know, nah, they have no pitching. They they got to like develop some, you know, they got they still got some time. They're rebuilding, and and they'll just go on some run. Like I guarantee it's going to be Red Sox Dodgers. I I just you know you're crazy, man. Just, I'm not I'm not buying used that. To it. I'm not just buying it. it. I'm not, I don't want to buy it. I don't think that I exactly. just don't see how that pitching staff holds together. Um, I just don't to circle my point and finish the point on pools. I wouldn't sign him just because I would much rather see Bobby Bradley and Naylor at first base. Commit to the youth. Is, that is, two homers? Bra- is he struggling? I mean, it's a week. It's Isn't like he, eight, nine games into the season. Okay. You can't, you can't look at that yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just, I guess the, I guess it's the same idea with Bowers. It's like, I guess we just have to see, you know, give, give Bradley the at bats and see, I'm not I convinced unless, but unless, and here's the I mean, theory the I've been working on with power, them, unless so. they like, no, he's got no chance. And they're like, okay, if he rakes down in Columbus, he at least retains some value some prospect status and some team might be yeah. willing to overpay for him. Right. But you know, exactly. a team would be like, why haven't you just promoted exactly. him? your offense? Is the so worst there's, offense there's in baseball. That flip side too. So you use Pujols as that thing. It's like, well, we can't. Albert Pujols is playing first for us. And I mean, and we how much would, would it would cost you him, to bring up good. or yeah. to bring Pujols in? Because, Probably yeah. five million dollars because he's getting. Yeah, he's already got year. his money from the Dod or from the Angels, <laughs> which is which is incredible. Whatever like, he, that's that's a great you know position to be in. Yeah, <laughs> multiple contracts. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's a great position to be yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. I mean, I don't think we need him. Like, yeah, I I know he'll be an improvement over like what we currently have. But I'd rather just see where we're at yeah. with some of our younger guys. Like, I don't think it's like he's going to provide that much that'd be worth it. I mean, if this was like two years ago, I would say absolutely bring him up. Like, 
he could play DH before, because this is pre-Fran Reyes when we didn't really have a good DH, and you have Santana at first. So yeah, he can maybe add some veteran pop, and he doesn't have to do anything. He just has to go and hit three or four times a, a game and, and just hang out. Like, that's always always doing. Yeah, I mean, if you had Albert Pujols hitting, like, sixth, that's that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, you could move Naylor down to, like, seven. Never, he didn't win a World Series, did he? Yeah. Pujols? Oh, he did with the did he, Cardinals. Okay, I thought he left, and then they won it right after he left. I believe he, yeah, I believe he has he at least one. one. I thought he had two. Uh, I, I would be, yeah. Let me he check. Might, check. Yeah. I'm our um, Oh, I also sent you guys um, every team and like their current, uh, their current health, healthiness, in my opinion. Okay. All right, we, we'll, we'll have to circle okay, back yes, on that one. Two World we'll, Series, we'll, we'll yes, right. 2006 and 2011. Okay. Yeah, 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 the, the last La Russa year. Yeah, 2011, that was that crazy-ass um, where uh, Texas blew uh, game six like twice in late innings. Oh, yes. That was a good was, series. That was a real good series. Yeah. Because they went back-to-back. The Rangers went back-to-back, and then the Royals were back-to-back. Yeah, uh, a couple of years yeah, later. Your favorite Those team, the Royals. <laughs> Love them. Love them. And the Indians, to be honest, the, are starting to resemble the, the building the blocks are in place. So they are there. They are there. So, no, it's all fun stuff. I mean, I think, you know, the offense being what it is, uh, there's lots, you know, we haven't even talked about Harold Ramirez yet, who like has just come in and just like guns blazing been contributing and and maybe you know that's what you need like we, we've even thrown his name out there a few times as like hey maybe he was highly regarded in miami and it's that process of just picking up guys off the scrap heap that were maybe like highly touted and for whatever reason are are let go from an organization but harold ramirez has brought a little bit of stability to yeah, the roster he's bringing some signs of life in his short time with the indians who knows i i dig it I'm digging it. You know, he's got good energy and who knows how long it lasts, but in the course of a baseball season, guys who give you that like burst for like two, three weeks, sometimes make all the difference where like, you know, Harold Ramirez contributes and up until like June 15th and he's off the team. It's like, you know, great. But you know what? I think there's, I think there is a role for him on the team at the very least of being a fourth out. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. I think, you know, obviously Rosario is still getting his time in center, but like say Jimenez gets sent down and you have Rosario at, at short and Ramirez is maybe for the time being your center fielder. I, I'd be okay with that. I'm not opposed to that. So there, there are you know plenty of options there, and by July, like probably four or five, there's going to be like four or five spots in flux, probably. Yeah, there's there's four or five names that I kind of can could conceive of being called up by July Fourth weekend just to kind of pick a random date. Then it gets into, you know, if you're still in it by that point, th- then we get to start having the fun conversation of trade deadline. Certainly. I mean, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be There's less than a month like out at that point. Be, you know, a team that's a player during the trade deadline. 
That's one of the things that. And baseball is such a good feeling. Baseball has a really good, like, it's not like the friggin' NFL where everybody gets, like, so hyped for nothing, nothing happens. every nothing year. Ever happens in NFL. <laughs> and then yeah, Blake Bortles the gets I traded. Mean, like, that was the best one. That, that was almost better than, like, winning the championship. was, like, being relevant and just being like, what's going to happen today? I don't know. And it was chaos every year with and, LeBron. And remember that year, that that year, the um, LeBron's last year when they just literally like overhauled the entire yeah, roster. Like six dudes. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and then just like still made the finals. Oh my god! <laughs> and I remember that very first game when Jordan Clarkson like went off against the Celtics, and I was like, "Oh, we're winning yeah. it, baby!" <laughs> For some reason, I'm sick. Uh, we got the Roberto <laughs> Perez injury. Yes, Roberto Perez, our yeah. our uh, poor guy, is out. I was always like kind of thinking this would be the case. So he's out about eight to ten weeks. Got some pins in his, I believe, right hand. I can't remember. Um, yeah, ring yeah. finger. His catch. I thought. I thought it was from. Now maybe I made this up. Maybe it was just internet speculation, but. Wasn't it aggravated from it was, catching yeah. Karinchek? Because he got crossed like up. He had on broken pitch. or like had a hairline fracture, then like then coupled with catching Karinchek, like it was just. How do you know? I mean, the, yeah, game over. the pain that that would have been because they were going to try and get him to like, you know, try to hit through it and everything. He, yeah, he tried yeah, for a few just, days. Yeah, wasn't going to happen. But, you know, again, Rene Rivera who comes out of nowhere and contributes right off the bat. It's like, those are the things in a season when you win that you're just like, Hey man, that's the magic of whatever this year is where Rene Rivera comes in and gets like, what do you have? Like two or three hits in that. He was like three three or four four in his first first game game. against when he was uh, in there um, against the Royals. And it's like, I don't know, man, I just can't explain it. There's no reason or rhyme or reason for this, but like when things are going well, that's what happens. <laughs> the, the the random catcher that you signed, the, the journeyman catcher who we signed the day before, off the street, like that's yeah. what happens. I don't know. I mean, shit. I, sometimes you just have to be like, hey, guess what? I guess it pays to be mm-hmm. lucky. Sometimes, like that, a baseball season has a not insignificant amount of luck. Look at all the injuries happening around the league, like the Royals. Uh, Pitcher Jose Urquidy, I believe, is uh, yeah, how it's probably not tonight. But yeah, he's really like super. Was one of those knee his knee buckle. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Guy almost puked watching the replay during this recording. Oh. He has. He's been. And he's so, been playing so well this year too. Braves, but I love yeah. him so much. You just. I mean, how do you how do you explain or prepare for anything like that? It's like he hits the bag. A million times mm-hmm. in a season. It's not, you know. Well, it was like Luis Robert, yeah. too. Yeah, that one was crazy. He just stepped on first base, goofy, and he's done for what? Four, two and a yeah, half, three, three months? months? It's like crazy. It's crazy. It's those fluke injuries. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. you, especially when it's like a base path thing where it's like, like Steve said, it's an action you do every day. You just take that for granted. Yeah. It's like, you always like, Oh, it's going to be guys colliding or uh, what? 2016, where it seemed like every Indian 2016, 2017, where every Indians pitcher was like a magnet for the ball 
with like a line drive and just like oh, those freak yeah. injuries to like Kluber oh. and Carrasco and you're just it just right. crushes you. Right. Babs, if you really want to puke, go back and find the video of when Jason Kendall broke his ankle uh, at first base. Dude, I can't and that and like that literally looked like his like foot was about to fall. Willis McGahee hit he took in the national championship. Ooh. Oh, I my or mom when, started shrieking when she saw that, like the replay. She's like, What happened to him? Ah, and then she saw, <laughs> she saw what happened. But my family and I all watched that NCAA tournament game where that guy oh. from Louisville broke his leg. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We all were just sitting there watching it like, holy God. Yeah. And then my wife and I, Julia yeah. and I, were watching the season opener when Gordon Hayward broke his leg, too. And oh, we just heard God. that, like, smack on the floor. Oh, yeah. Pretty it's sick. In basketball, where you hear the 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 impact and then you hear screaming right after because everyone's yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like, oh no. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's the, that's like a sport where like, you're really on display because it's so tight. Like the cameras are right there yeah. and like people can hear everything anyway. So like when you get hurt, it's like the whole world can be there with you as terrible as it is. Yeah. felt these guys are tearing up their knees and you're just like, man, he looks so strong. Just like getting off the field, but he's probably just like screaming. Oh yeah. He's like, has like two torn ACLs and a torn MCL and he's like hobbling <laughs> off the field. You're like, he'll be back next week. And then, and then you get the injury report and you're like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah. So on everyone guess. <laughs> so we've been talking a lot about this Mariner series. Uh, a couple fun notes here is uh, Logan Gilbert debuted on Thursday night. Uh, he's a highly touted pitching prospect for the Mariners. They don't get a lot of those. And uh, the Indians put up four runs on him in about four innings. I'm, I'm looking at the box score as we record this. There's some interest. Again, there's some interesting things happening at the moment. Um, and so I said it, Chris, and I didn't say it. I was just interesting. Like, interesting things are afoot at the Safeco field. Yes. yes. Or T-Mobile field. I'm sorry. Whatever. Is that what it is now? Damn. It's T-Mobile. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. They got the magenta lights, baby. Come on. That's pretty cool, actually. I want to see that. Yeah. It actually doesn't look terrible. That's interesting. If you're yeah, going to get all the corporate sponsorships, so, which we can, we can spend episodes on. If T-Mobile wants to sponsor it, and I'll I'll literally change every light in my house to a magenta light. Like I don't care. That's fine. They can sponsor this podcast. Julia's like, uh, why does it look like a 1980s bar and set in Miami? Oh, babe, we're sponsored by T-Mobile now. We're a T-Mobile family. This is this we're a T-Mobile family. This is how we live life these days. I'm sorry. Hey, for the good of the pod. Uh, so Gilbert uh, gave up. A- Four runs in four innings, so that's his debut, his major league debut, and no walks. So that's nice. And then, even more importantly, Jared Kelnick is finally up with the Mariners. It was kind of one of those service time manipulation things from the Mariners, but he is their number one prospect. He came over, actually, speaking of Robinson Cano, from the Mets in the Robinson Cano trade. Mm-hmm. Oh, so someday the Mets are going to be like. Fuck, why did we do that? Yep. So one day the Mets need them. to really just take inventory of all the prospects they traded away uh-huh. and go, uh-huh. did it really ever pan out paying for top top flight major league talent? Speaking of the Mets, how's our how's our uh good buddy doing, Lindor? Do we have any updates on him? 
Well, yes, he saw Rocket the Raccoon in the. I was gonna say he saw Rocket Raccoon in the uh, the the hallway. I but it's and true. Then Jeff Neal didn't believe him, and then you know that became a thing this past what a week. Weird story, yeah. I got to admit, that's a very bizarre story between McNeil and Lindor. Like, what? What is like? It Did you guys see the video even of it too? Because the video is even more confusing. I get the feeling that there was like something else going on there. I don't know what. I don't know if they were like Whoa. actually arguing. Like, if like there was like something happening. Well, that's the speculation is that they were that they were in a full on argument yeah like having it out in the in the hallway or yeah. something yeah I, that seems more likely to me than this bizarre ass story about like hey that's a raccoon no it isn't and like then it's just it's like a rat yeah, what a and it's like cover. oh so you it's like oh we're just you got all heated like a raccoon and a rat and it's like what who's <laughs> <laughs> the pr person like you there? expect like me to child? buy that yeah. shit yeah <laughs> No way. My kid was watching Guardians of the Galaxy last night. Here's what we're going to do, guys. Crazy. It's like, what? I will say quickly about this. It does make me wonder if there is some kind of like hybrid animal out there that we don't know about. And it's like oh, some rat oh, yeah. combo or Imagine what's a raccoon. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to find it, that's where you're going to find For it. Sure. Just there. Dude, just imagine the things that live under those subways. Oh, it's horrible. In New York. Hey man, I've seen all I've seen all the superhero movies. I'm big, I was big in the Ninja Turtles back in the day. I know what lives in those sewers. Chuds. Okay. It's the Chuds, man. You don't you don't even tell me about it. Yeah. I I can't remember like that stat, but the like per person like per capita per person number of like oh, rats, rats and cockroaches in New York City. Isn't it something like rats? It's like three to one or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, four to one. It's, it's why would you live there? I, I, I just like the views. Why would you Central willingly Park. put yourself there? Views of Central Park. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the only the only place you can find trees. Apart. That is true. <laughs> uh, the other big story was uh, the Oakland Athletics. They're the uh, once again the talk about relocating because they can't seem to get that stadium deal approved because oddly enough, people don't want to pay for a new stadium for a billionaire owner. That's crazy, right? And also like Oakland, the city of Oakland, they've always played hardball with them. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Like, Well, they've played hardball with every team and every team ends up leaving. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah they'll, like, they'll, okay, if, see if, if they move in like a five-year span, they will have lost the Warriors, the Raiders, and the athletics and the yeah, A's. It's crazy. We'll never hear. We'll never hear from Oakland ever again. No, it won't. It won't no, exist. I mean, granted, there they have plenty of sports teams in that vicinity. Um, That's but true. Still, you know, the city of Oakland itself. No, th- you know what, Fabs? To that point, I'm not surprised yeah. because I, I honestly think that the um, level of interest in getting a team up to Portland. Or Vegas. Uh, San Antonio is a city I've heard kind of further down the list. Nashville. Yeah. Um, How is there not a team in like North Carolina? I don't get that. Uh, the, the reason that there's no teams in North Carolina is because of the Baltimore Orioles, I believe. Mm. Um, and the Braves, and the Braves too, probably, right? And the Braves yeah. because of TV deals uh, okay. and TV rights territories. The Braves threw a big conniption. Or, I'm sorry. 
the Orioles threw a big conniption fit when the um, Expos relocated yeah. to, to to DC. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then they would get it again. Yeah. So that's why Nashville. But again, like a Raleigh, you know, yeah. North Folk area is primed for a professional Chris, team. Who do you I want think. it to be? Like, where would you want it to move? Well, I want Montreal to get a team first and okay. foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be Tampa. I honestly think that will be Tampa. Yeah. And even the 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 province of Quebec came out and said that they were willing to finance um, a decent portion of a new stadium up there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I want Montreal. Um, I think Montreal is my number one and Vegas is my second. See, Vegas is weird to me. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't, not want them, but at the same time, like I've seen a Vegas 51s game out there, and it's just like it is even at seven, eight o'clock yeah. at night. It was oh, hot. remember dumb, those massive fans? Remember like the huge fans that it's they gonna had? have yeah, to be a dope stadium. stadium. It's gonna be right by the Raiders stadium. It's, it I mean, being the degenerates that we are and going to Vegas as much as we do. That would be fun. That would be fun. Oh, 100%. I, mean, I would, so I mean, always I'm looking go. forward. 75% of your tickets are going to be comped from the hotels. Like it's, you're going to have sell. Sure. That's what the, and they've, they've taken um, the, the golden Knights. Like people are like crazy about them there. Yeah. Well, I think for Vegas to succeed, they got to win. So, and, and the A's are a good franchise too. Mm-hmm. So like they, mm-hmm. you're not getting a dumpster fire. That's of a, true. Yeah organization in that regard out there i'm just a little skeptical if they can do 81 games you know and get fans but like you said fabs comps could play a big part yeah, i mean you're gonna that. have to like even so like let's say they build what, like a fifty thousand person stadium you're gonna have 20 to 25 every night just like from tourists and then like every game, it doesn't matter. There's people there for con- conventions all the time. And the hotels will give those tickets away. Like it's, you're going to feel like that's, and then like that's how they initially did it with the Golden Knights. It was connected to to the Excalibur uh, Casino. Yeah. They gave them away, but then they were really good. And so everybody immediately embraced them. And like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then the Raiders, you don't even need to worry about because it it's the NFL and you have eight games. It's football. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's easy. Um, no, I'm already looking forward to when the Browns go oh out there God, and play. Like, I'm like, that's that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, um, I like Portland as an option. Portland has a really good. Portland, I, I, I like Portland city. too. They're a good sports city. They have great fans. I, I just that something about that just is like calling to me because I feel like your point about Vegas makes a lot of sense. But I, I Portland just has. I just think it would be really cool to have a major league team up there. And, and that's a city and that it gives I think a natural rival it. to at least the Mariners too. Yeah, yeah. Also, Portland Athletics sounds awesome. Oh, it has a good vibe good. to it. Yeah, I like. I that. really dig that name. They have good fans yeah. there too. So, They're obsessive. With yeah, the soccer yeah. Team, so, so I, I do kind of. Oh, and the color scheme is the same too. That's kind of interesting. I just thought of that. Yeah, that is the timber green, yeah. that Kelly green and red. Yeah. I mean, if they move to Portland, they have to adopt that Kelly Green jersey, right? They can't wear that dark green anymore. It's that's gone. Yeah, I do like the Kelly Green. It's so nice. Kelly Green looks so good. The A's, um, the A's might have my favorite look in baseball. I love their. I love their you look. know that's 
that's a ball club that I need to get one of their hats because they had a batting practice hat. I don't know if you guys remember this one, but it was the elephant wearing the sunglasses mm-hmm. with the, like the the sun behind it. I need to get one of those. I love, but that's a topic for a different. Day. I was yeah, I like, I dig that. in the little league baseball like three years in a row. So like I like loved I loved okay. the athletics. Like I thought they were really fun. Yeah, I've always liked the A's ever since I actually like in high school read the Moneyball book, and I've always mm-hmm. been like a fan of. The, the Billy Bean era. Yeah. Uh, but the one team that's really, and this is getting way off topic and we'll do this for another day. The one team that whose look that is, has improved dramatically in the last few years is the Orioles who have gone full time to the actual yes. or cartoon Oriole on their, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. They have a great, when they made that too. their primary, I was like, yeah, baby, like yeah, they know what's up. You finally did it. Our team is disgusting, but our, our uniforms are great. That's true. They we got grade A uniforms and a garbage great, team. They yeah. they actually great me a little D bit. Team. I think they might be interesting in a couple of years. Yeah, um, no, I agree. They're they're doing better. They got some pieces. Us. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they got some pieces. Um, um including John Means, so, who has thrown a no hitter. So yeah, <laughs> not one. that bad. Well, the well the other thing too quickly about Vegas, I kind of want I kind of do want Vegas because I kind of want like there to be some like. Beef between Vegas and Oakland, like, like Vegas. Ooh, like, yeah, that's a great point. home of like we steal your team, Oakland. Mm-hmm. Like we're just gonna take all your teams. I love that. Yeah, I like that. That's a great point. I didn't think of that. Why not? But, well, also, it's funny. It's like in Oakland. So like LA obviously has a ton of Raider fans, and so they were all like so psyched when the Raiders moved to Vegas because it's a shorter drive for them to go. Because like I. I sure, it's, it's a shorter drive to go to Vegas than uh, Oakland. It is, it is by like an hour. Wow. Yeah, I never, like I never thought hour, of it. It's like a four-hour yeah, drive. Four-hour yeah. drive to Vegas. The traffic's not as bad. It's much easier to get around because the Bay Area is like a nightmare of traffic. So, like, they're like, "Yeah, it would take me six or seven hours to get to like an Oakland Raiders game." And Vegas, I'm there for four hours. I can stay at like, you know, some cheesy place off the Strip for like thirty bucks, and like, it's it's a blast. Yeah, make a weekend yeah, out totally. of it. That's a that's a great point. That's the insight we have from somebody who lives on the West Coast. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, speaking of, we can say it now. Zach Plesak has the no hitter has ended. Oh, it did. The oh, bid shit. ended in the seven innings. Yeah, he went seven. That's awesome, though. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, that's still an amazing start. Now so Plesak strung together like three incredibly time. good starts. Uh, well, you're four nothing. I don't know what his pitch count is at the moment. Oh, if it's um, um, yeah. he's only his pitch count was right. Or, yeah, so, I was gonna say he could probably get through this inning. Okay. He might. I mean, he might be able to throw a complete game. Complete honestly, game. yeah. Because Francona honestly he's, has been running that bullpen ragged a yeah. little bit, like Ponce pitches like every day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like maybe a day off would be nice. All right, two last segments. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, know your prospect and random Indian. Are you guys cool with that, or do you have anything yeah, else you want? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add. All right. Know your prospect. I got it this week. Uh, I when I first pr- thought about doing this guy, I was he was. A, I, I would argue the minor league season hadn't started yet, and I felt like he was a little more under the radar. But in the last like week or so, his name has popped up more and more. So he's really not an unknown entity at this point. But Owen Miller is my prospect of the week, who is currently hitting mm, a paltry 400 in AAA over the course of the first week. So in about uh, 
according to baseball reference here, if it's updated about 27 at bats, he's hitting about 444. So, uh, you know, that's pretty good. I kind of classify classify him as the potential hidden gem of the Mike Clevenger deal with San Diego. There are a number of other names, obviously, that were included in that deal. But the more I kind of just like looked at him and his scouting profile and the fact that he is a career 310 hitter in the minors and has done nothing but hit everywhere he's been, it gets me a little excited. He's a career 370 OBP in the minors as well. He's a former third-round pick of the Padres. He's 24 years old. He plays second and uh, second short and third, but they've also been playing him at first, which gives you the sense that they are definitely looking to get him up here as quickly as possible mm. at a position of extreme need. Yes. That'd be amazing. Uh, doesn't have a lot of pop. Yeah. Doesn't have a lot of pop. Uh, gets on base. It's for average. Um, I've seen like Mark DeRosa type, comparisons or Mark Loretta. Sure. I'm sorry, Mark Loretta yeah. uh, comparisons, um, you know, guys that aren't going to blow, blow up necessarily in power, but, but get on base, you know, could, could hit bottom of the order, could hit uh second, first, you know, top of the order, whatever kind of is needed. But a guy that has shown to be able to hit 300 wherever he goes and is tearing it up in triple a, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, that he'll be up here. Well, he may be the first one to come up. I'd from love that. Pool. Yeah, send, send Bowers down. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a good chance that's happening soon. Yeah. Uh, the, the quote from his scouting report that I found is, uh, Miller's forte is making consistent light and drive contact to all fields with a compact right-handed stroke and control of the strike zone, which really seems to be where the Indians are heading in terms of player development and who they are looking to bring into the into the fold. Um, so Owen Miller is a name to watch out for. I've already heard it. You know, Tom Hamilton was talking a lot about him in the last week. You've seen, I've seen some more stories written about him, especially as he's gotten off to a hot start. So it's, you know, not, not one of the, he's not as underrated a gem as I thought he might be at this point, but um, he will be here soon. So get to know him. Awesome. I like it. Good job, Steve. And yeah, no, I agree. I agree with your, um, he's the, he, he definitely can be that hidden gem of that deal. Yeah. Um, that the deal looks better and better every day. I love it. They, they really do. I mean, even if the, the Lindor deal is going to be like way out in terms of how you grade it, but that yeah. Mike Clevenger one already is like, yeah, I think we may have like really gotten something here. With, it with kind that of time. almost feels like we've fleeced. Yeah. I, they were so stacked that they probably are just like, yeah, we need pitching so bad. We'll yeah, that's true. No, they do. Give, you know, because they didn't give yeah. up any top 10 prospects in that deal. No. So. Well, they didn't give, the Padres didn't give up any, like, they, they held on to, like, four or five of their top five prospects yeah. in all of the deals that they made. Like, they weren't moving off of the top couple guys. So, no, like, they, that, that system was stacked. It's a deal that um, worked for both sides, despite the exactly. fact that Clevenger, unfortunately, is out for the season. But, you know, he's still young. No, the Indians are dealing with it. Yeah, so yeah. next year. All right. Yeah, so I, I hope have, he does well. But I, I, do too. I like them. Um, okay. So I have random at the end of the week. I'm very excited about this one. Okay. Uh, so this, this, he appeared in 84 games for the Indians, 84. Uh, he finished second okay. in rookie of the year. Okay. In his best season, he won 20 games. So that should tell you, you know, he's a pitcher. 
Uh, he served in the Navy. Okay. I won't. Okay. So those are the main clues. And he served in the Navy during World War II. Okay. And he was the opening day starter the last time the Indians won the World Series. I mean, so 48 served in the military. <laughs> yep. I mean, the obvious, like, answer, like, the thing that comes to mind is like, you're talking about Bob Feller? No, it's not Bob because because Bob Feller appeared in more than eighty-four games. Yeah. Oh wait, that was yeah, eighty-four games. That was it. I was I, my mind. You were like Navy in forty-eight. I was like, yeah, was no, like, like all of that points to Feller, but but yeah, but yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. Yeah, like way more than that. Rookie of the year. Finished second. Yeah, finished second. Rookie of the year. It's funny when you said that. I was like, "When did CC Sabathia pit, uh, uh, serve?" I was in the Navy? kind of thinking of that too, but that was <laughs> CC came to mind because CC did finish second. Uh, yes, he he did. was not alive during World War Two. No. Finished second to Ichiro. Yeah, boy, that's God. a good man. Uh, opening day Initially, starter, nineteen forty-eight. Yeah, he was okay. a starter, nineteen forty-eight. Yeah, he was the opening day starter. Yeah, opening day starter. Um, and you, he, you said his best major league season was when he won 20 games. Right. I have an idea, but I'll let you go first, Steve. I mean, it can't be Bob Lemon because he pitched in way more than 84 games. And I don't even know if he served. So I don't know. Chris, what's your guess? Satchel Page. Well, that doesn't make sense. No, it wasn't Satchel Page. I was because he was old when he got called up. And didn't he only pitch in 48? Uh, or a couple of years. Like 48 and 49. Okay, yeah. so I did bad research. Uh, he was the opening day starter for the playoffs. Not the season. Whatever. Okay, so was it Satchel Page? It okay. was Satchel Page, no. The okay. opening day starter for <laughs> okay. the season was Bob Lemon. Hall of Famer Bob Lemon. Oh, Lemon. oh okay. Okay. That's what I... So I uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I think you... I, I could tell you like were thinking him. Bob Lemon or Bob Feller? Yeah, I, I was, but the, it's the eighty-four games thing that was Throwing still not right. Yeah, that's why right. I went. With, that's why I went with Satchel Page because he pay, played for like two, three seasons with the Indians. Yeah, this guy only. Right. This guy only played for a few seasons with the Indians. That's why it's only eighty-four. Okay, who who started the playoffs for them in forty-eight? It was Gene Bearden. And that was his. Oh, yeah. So that was his. Like the the year he won twenty games was forty eight. That was his best season with the Indians. Okay. He had some injuries and kind of dropped off. Um, and the previous season he only had like appeared in one game, so he was able to be uh, eligible for Rookie of the Year. Uh, and then he got a little bit later of a start because of World War Two. And uh, yeah, he had a career. He was forty five and thirty eight for his career with a three point nine six ERA. Yeah, Gene Bearden played. Played with the Indians, Washington, Detroit. Ooh, the St. Louis Browns. I always like seeing one of those guys. Yeah. And then the White Sox. Cool. Yep. Wow, his ERA and his... He's had a couple of interesting ERAs. He pitched yeah, He pitched in one game in 1947 and had an ERA of 81. <laughs> a, third, a third of an inning gave up three runs. <laughs> and, then, and then in 1951, he pitched in another one game. One game, two and two-thirds innings. Gave up five runs and his ERA was sixteen point eight. Nice. So he's had, he had some real outliers. I love it. Nice. Very good. 
All right, Gene Beard. I'm glad. I'm glad you dipped because I've been thinking about it. Dipping our toe back yeah, into some. Yeah, and there was no expectation of anyone getting that right, but it's just fun to learn. I because I I collect like the old in, like the old Rocky Calvito like baseball cards, and it's like fun to look back at that. How good that very reminiscent of this current starting pitching uh, rotation where they have basically three three aces on it with Feller, uh, Lemon, and uh, Bearden. I think they're still doing that Rocky Calavito statue in Little Italy. They um, are, yeah. So I hope it's just like wildly cool. offensive. It to me, it's like a bunch of meatballs. Like you're just like, what the hell? We're <laughs> 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 gonna make a big stereotype about Italians, just with like this like cartoonish mustache that he never had. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like he looks like Luigi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, just housing some gabagool, baby. Uh, all right. That wraps this episode up. Um, you know, uh, Fabs and I are Italian, so we're allowed to say that. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, so, um, unfortunately, Zach Plesak did lose the no-hitter, but we are holding on for dear life here because Dylan Moore hit a two-run homer, and it's 4-2 at the moment. Awesome. We'll see what happens. But when the next time we uh, you hear from us, <laughs> the Mariners series will have been over. So... We'll, uh, we'll recap that. We'll get in some other fun stuff, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Oh, be sure to follow us on social at CalPinoPod. Now we'll see you guys later.